Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hey, it is Angie and friends. Lots of friends today. Donna Hetzler, author and speaker, joining me. Hello, Donna. We've got a really cool good news story. I know you're going to love it. Oh, I'm excited. Are you going to make me cry again? Well, Beatrice isn't here because she always says you white. But we can cry. Yeah, she always says you white white girls always cry so much. But I've seen her cry like three times in the last month. So I'm like, whatever. Yes, and I saw her crying on Facebook when she had opened her box of books and she was tearing up. So she can't tease us that much anymore. She did a Facebook Live where she opened her brand new books in the garage and her bathrobe and started sobbing. Uh I love that. <laughs> she felt so touched by her passion for her writing and her excitement that it had come yep. true. Because you know, she was, she grew up in a very poor family, mm-hmm. was a teen mom, was not a Christian. She was a truck driver, a hairdresser, and a drill sergeant who wanted to be an author. Yep. How did that happen? Now I she's know. an author and speaker in her 50s. No wonder she was sobbing in her bathrobe in her Absolutely. garage when she opened the box of books. <laughs> and that's just the power of God. But, you know, when he calls us to do something, he gets, he brings it to fruition. And that is just so cool to journey with Beatrice and see it coming together for her. That's awesome. You know, I I don't know about you, um, but I'm really touched by mentors, and I have a good news story that I'm going to explain why I'm so touched by this one in just a second. But I want to uh, just mention our second guest will be coming up right after the good news story. The book is Chosen to Forgive. The authors are Marcus Weaver and also Rick Roberts, and they're here with us as well. We're going to start with the good news. And the reason I think this touches me so much is because you know a lot about my background. It was yep. difficult, blah, blah, blah. Lost a brother to murder, lost another to drug addiction, my dad to alcoholism, spent time in foster care, you know know, lots of things to overcome. Absolutely. And so I have a passion for sharing the good news and the good news of the Lord because I want people who also are in a dark place to know that you can get out and that you can reach the finish line. Like I said in my speech recently, I had a big yeah. trophy. Yeah, saying, I like, You can get that. to the trophy. What's your trophy? Is it you're going to be a good mom, a good family member? You're breaking the cycle. You want a great career. You want to be an author. Yep. Like, how do you get there? And my son, when I get home, where's my trophy, mom? Someone <laughs> stole my trophy. And I'm like, of oh, all the things all, in yeah. his room, he noticed I borrowed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I loved so how you um, you started out in the victim chair and, and yeah. shared your personal story. So right. I learned so much more and connected more yeah. with you through that journey. But you're so inspiring, Angie, oh, because you. you really do say, hey, if you want to get to this spot, it's not easy. You you've got to get out of the victim you've chair. You've got to get out of the victim chair and you've got to start doing those baby steps. And I remember you on yes. stage saying it might look like this and you're taking these tiny, tiny, tiny little steps, steps you right. know, but you can get there. You yes. can attain. If I can do it, you can do There's it. So many of us Christians and non-Christians sit in the victim chair and like, well, I could make it if my dad would have been nicer and paid for my college. I would have made it like my mom was she drank too much. That's so right. that's why, you know, it's her fault really that I've made nothing of myself, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just amazing to me how many people still, my brother, when I talk to him, still points the finger. Right. And we can point the, the finger at God too. Yeah. You know. And be angry. You're, why yeah. didn't we get a better shot? Why did yeah. Why did you answer that person's prayers and not mine? Why did you give success to that person and, and not to me? So we do need to move out of that victim chair 
there and we just need to start making those steps and, and making goals and prayerfully taking them. Yeah, and why not provide the family you wanted to your family? I mean, my kids, man, they're living large. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't mean this financially. I no, mean, they're living but when, large in love, like everything, love and support the and, and the, everything. Yeah, the grandparents, the friends, the everything. Yes. All right, so let's talk about this good news story. I had a lot of mentors. They really touched me. And sometimes uh, some of the some of the best moments of my life have been when those people have contacted me later and said, wow, you really helped me with this, or they bump into me, and oh, you really um, helped me with TV news or whatever it was when I had interns, mm -hmm. and they reach out to me. It makes you feel so good. Well, this kid is remembering someone that helped him with his sports and just in life mentored him. He calls him a brother, but it's a really good friend that got him started in sports, and uh, it's very emotional. I had a brother. His name was Ralph. <laughs> I wanted to be playing football without him. He the one that got me into this. Jordan Marshall broke down in tears as he thanked a friend who died. He introduced him to football. Without him, the high school senior might not have gotten a full scholarship to Morgan State University in Baltimore next fall. When he passed away, it was one of the toughest things of my life. <laughs> this scholarship is for him as well. He couldn't, he didn't get, he didn't get a chance to, to ball out of college, so I got to do a form. Jordan is one of 18 students at the Friendship Public Charter School in Washington, D.C. to sign with NCAA Division I football programs across the country. I'll be attending Syracuse University. Nikeen Johnson is going to Syracuse University in New York. It's truly a blessing because my parents do not have to pay for school for the next three to four years. Vaughn Taylor is headed to Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. A lesson that I've learned in the classroom that has transitioned over to the field is that when things get tough, you should always keep working until you succeed. And that's exactly what these young men did. Are you kidding oh me? Oh my goodness, I am crying. Story. Well, and it reminds me of my grandmother who we've talked about on air, you know, was such an inspiration to me and she was my mentor and just hearing him cry, That's I just, my heart just cries out for my grandmother who was such a, I mean, she helped me debunk the, the myth that I was a nobody. When I was young, I was told, you're a nobody. You're just a child without a voice. And that stuck with me. And it changed the way I competed and strived in life. And my grandmother had said, you are somebody. You are chosen. You can do life. And the power of mentorship is just so profound so on a single person's life. So yes, I'm missing my sweet cast on was her nickname. Um, I'm just in tears hearing his heartache you know, for his lost mentor and, as well. And how, how neat that so many of those boys did receive scholarships and that he truly did know that this kid, this buddy that he lost was life-changing to him. Yes. All right, well, let's uh, get inspired some more. Chosen to forgive Marcus Weaver and Rick Roberts joining us, uh, joining Donna and myself. Uh, welcome to both of you gentlemen. Yes, welcome. Thank you for oh, having us. Good, good story. Wasn't us. that a good story? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, oh. crying. I'm crying myself. I know. <laughs> that was a tough one, huh? All right, so tell us, give us an overview of the book and why you wrote it, Chosen to forgive um, we wanted to take what had happened in our lives and turn it into something useful and beneficial for others because a lot of people go through hard things but they don't know how to get out of it or they don't know how to get past it so we tried to take our stories and both of them are pretty interesting and write them together and and you know bad things will happen but that's not the end of the story and the idea is that you know people can make a difference and for us especially it was when God showed up into our lives 
and started telling us who we were. And I like it, Marcus, at the beginning, before we hear from you, an epic story about two young men in America, one a poor white boy with a dark secret, the other a wealthy black boy with an even darker secret, and who can help them? Yeah, absolutely. When I was growing up, I was uh, an at-risk kid, but we were middle class. My dad, I worked for General Motors, but he was very abusive to me and my sisters. Um, and so I remember I couldn't wait till I turned 18 just to get away from that that bondage that he had placed underneath us. And um, it was really difficult because at-risk kids become at-risk adults. And um, I went through this period where just I would have ups and downs, good jobs and bad jobs, or find a way to self-sabotage. And then finally I got into a high-speed car chase with the Erie police um, and ran into, fell into a ditch and couldn't get out of that ditch. The more I tried to get out, the more I fell back down. And so I had spent some time um, just bouncing around to four different county jails in town. And um, each way I went, I, I took the word with me and started a Bible study. And, and there were some amazing people that the Lord brought into my life that uh, mentored to me along this, this path. And then when I got out, I uh, ended up staying with a pastor for a while. And um, there was only one channel that worked in the trailer that I lived in, and it was a gospel channel. And so I, I learned how on the outside to take not only God from the inside, but take him on the outside as well. And then I met Rick along that journey and God just kept bringing people my way. Got me with a nice church family um, and learned how to, you know, be in the choir, how to serve Wednesday night food. I actually met my wife, uh, who was a, wow. a friend of mine nice. during that time. And then um, I ended up getting jobs uh, working at um, shelters. And so I was at a shelter once and a guy approached me about writing a grant. We wrote a grant with several other nonprofits and got $3.2 million to start a school uh, for the poorest neighborhoods in Denver. And that kind of put wow. me on the social worker map. And I even got a job at the Department of Corrections. So, and I had been in trouble just two years before. Right. Oh and then on the mayor's workforce board. And uh, about that time I met, met Rick and um, we were, we met at a band the box uh, conference or meeting. And then we had a uh, coffee afterwards and we had this vision that we uh, would, you know, buy a building and, and serve folks who are uh, coming out of prison, coming out of addiction, uh, help families uh, that were in need. And so, you know, as you look around, no one's, no one ever says, all right, here you go. Here's the money. And, you right. know, um, God has to lead you to it and take you through this journey. And so after the Aurora shooting, um, I was shot in my arm and the girl's with she passed away in the theater. It really became more clear um, after kind of it all calmed down after 30 days. I mean, the beginning was just very hectic. And, you know, uh, the theater, it's still one of the things I still struggle with a little bit. But the forgiveness piece um, was, was a question they kept asked, would you forgive the shooter? And I said, I said, of course I will on national TV. And people were just surprised. And I said, well, a lot of it has to do with my faith, but a lot of it has to do with my father. I couldn't carry his bag of rocks either. Um, and I couldn't carry the shooters. And so I was able to forgive early on, which helped me um, move into a different, different way of thinking about people and things I may have done. And so me and Rick decided to write this book together because we felt that it would, it would help others. And so the book really talks about our childhoods, you know, early adulthoods and how we were able to overcome some obstacles and then also how we were able to help others. And so we're just very excited about the, uh, the response we've been getting from so many people, they just feel so blessed uh, by the book because they see themselves in it. Um, anyone's ever struggled with, you know, abuse, if anybody's ever struggled with, uh, you know, alcohol or addiction or even incarceration, um, this book is for you and you'll see yourself in this book. And it really, 
lot of books tell you how to get there, but they don't really tell you how to walk through it. Mm -hmm. And so our job is with Legacy Grace and Chosen to Forgive is we're, we want to walk it out with people in the Denver metro area. And, and, then, and, and you're very involved. In, you mentioned nonprofit, but um, you, um, too, Rick, have started several businesses. And I just wanted to do a sidebar. When you mentioned the shooting, Pierce O'Farrell, who was a Christian who was shot, was just in here about yes. a week ago. And I'm buddies with him through yeah, I'm buddies the with rescue mission. <laughs> yep. And I was just thinking the governor interviewed him, and he was talking about how um, dark is not as powerful as light the night that he was shot. You know, I mean, they, 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 they were in his hospital room. And the governor was there, so that was on TV, and I thought, how interesting that your message, too, of forgiveness. Uh, it was just interesting how many Christians appeared to have been in that theater. And I know Calvary Aurora, a church that I frequent, uh, a lot of their people were there that night um, in the church. Yeah. So just interesting in that environment, how, how the powerful message of Christ and forgiveness that came out of that shooting. Well, it was almost this thing where, you know, Pierce, we worked together. I worked at Denver Works during the time, uh -huh. and he worked upstairs at uh, Denver Rescue Mission. So we talked a lot. And then also all the victims, we all met once a month, and we would talk about I what's didn't going know on. That. Yeah, it's a little secret that we had. Oh, and then wow. Kaylin Bailey, we used to serve food together, the little 13-year-old girl. Now she's a high school senior um, who had lost her cousin. She, we, we used to serve food together at church, so I know her family very well. But we're a very tightly connected group, and everybody was dealing with uh, I would say the aftermath of the theater in different levels. And so each month that we would meet, it would kind of, it was kind of like we bonded together. We were this kind of fraternity, I would yeah. say, or sorority of just folks who just went through stuff. And, you know, I, the only way I could look at it is that I had to move forward and I was trying to get people to do the same, but everybody heals in their own different way right. when it's time. But, you know, I'm very fortunate that I knew the Lord um, before that because I had no fear. You know, I knew right. that once, um, I was able to forgive the shooter that the Lord would, would just bring people around me like Rick and like several pastors in the area. And um, Well, and I'm thinking about that pastor you live with when you're having problems and they were in the trailer and I could just hear that call to Comcast. Like, yeah, uh, this is Pastor so-and-so. I got a kid living with me. I was wondering if we could just have one like gospel channel, like one <laughs> Christian channel. Do you, have, do you sell that kind of package, one channel? <laughs> That's the only Great channel idea. you could hear. Chosen to Forgive is the book you just heard from Marcus Weaver and Rick Roberts. Oh, well, Rick, that you guys have quite a powerful message. Thank you. Um, we just want to tell the honest story. And I think for a lot of people, uh, it's going to be a little bit gritty because it's not, it's not all nice stuff. But it's really redemptive in the end. I think the hardest thing is to be able to step out in, in faith that this is what God wants you to do. Because it's not easy to just kind of take your whole life and throw it out there and say, hey, look at my life. What a mess it was. Isn't this amazing? Yeah. A lot of, yeah. Pe a lot of people are like, oh, you're really courageous to do that. Well, but and I think as Christians, we feel a little more comfortable doing it. But like the world is like, well, don't you're successful now. Like, don't you want to just keep that like in the filing cabinet way in the back, like dusty? You don't need to bring that out. But as Christians, yeah. you know, Donna just heard my testimony recently. And I feel like when you share it, it gives people hope. And who doesn't need hope? Yes, and there's healing in that connection when you can connect with somebody and say, hey, I've been there. This is like your community that you're, you're dealing with. In that connection, in that community that you have, there is healing because you can share those experiences and but grieve together. It's and more socially acceptable for you and I to tell our story and exactly. say, wow, I went through this, than for the men to tell their story and that's true. bear it all and say, this is the pain I went through mm -hmm. and how I dealt with it. And so ironically, there's a lot of freedom in doing that. Well, it doesn't feel like it at first. And sometimes you go, oh my gosh, but 
it really has when you're that vulnerable and that open you know the lord gets all the glory because it's not you couldn't possibly navigate all that yourself I love that. Yeah. So what, you know, the book just came out, uh, you know, what are your, what are your hopes for people that, you know, read the book? Um, I'm kind of going through, you know, the stories in the front and you both kind of break it down through your, your own, uh, you know, lives and, you know, what, what you went through. And Rick, this, you've written a lot of books, so this is nothing yeah. new to you. Well, a lot of them are poetry and not everybody reads poetry, so nobody's ever heard of me, but um, this is a, a really powerful tool. I think it's going to be something that can really transform a lot of people's lives. And it'll do it in different ways because everybody kind of relates to a different piece of it because we talk about, you know, honestly what we went through. We talk about honestly where that ended us up. And then we talk honestly about when the Lord showed up and then what happened once he showed up and then what all that meant. And so I think for most people, they can see themselves in it in a lot of different ways. And ultimately... Walk into freedom. And I like how you walk your readers through it, through their trials. I have a friend from Georgia who's so stinking cute, and she says, prance it out. So little Joan's always like, we just got to prance it out with the Lord. You know, we just got to prance it out, walk it out, you know. So I love how you're walking your your readers through. (laughs) Yes, walking it through with boots, heavy boots. (laughs) That's right, and us girls over here, we're prancing it out. (laughs) So it sounds like um, your uh, life changes, Marcus, they've been more recent. And this is like, I mean, you went through some real transformational years. So I think that's pretty powerful to see that your life can change not over the course of two decades, but it can be over the course of a couple of years or a couple of months. I would say in the past 11 years, things have changed a lot since I I did get in trouble and spent that time. But I think that time was meant to be to work with folks who are marginalized, folks who are struggling through things, because, uh, you know, it's you have to walk get out with people no matter where they come from you know and if you really want to be an asset to somebody you know um we are we're looking into housing with our nonprofit. we're also looking into uh we have a job clinic we also have a, a art gallery that we have from for marginalized people to hang up their work and so that is so cool where can people find more info um, if you'd like to find more info about what we're doing, you can go to www.chosentoforgive.com. You, there where you can order the book. We also talk about the different Legacy Grace projects, uh, speaking events that we'll be uh, attending. Um, we'll be going out to Tennessee in April, uh, New York in um, June, just different kinds of things. And the book kind of has a life of its own, and God kind of has his hands over our, our ministry that we have. And so we're just kind of just sometimes, you know, we, we walk it, you know, and sometimes, you know, we, we're just like, don't really know what to do, but God's right in the center and he's in control of everything. And so we're just excited about, you know, even having a book, even be able to go and out and help people uh, move into a, a place where they feel good about themselves, move into self-sufficiency and uh, and start moving into a way where, you know, they become uh, they become very proud of who they are. And it's really God who gets the glory. It's not us. And so we're just very excited about these opportunities that have presented ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Rick found me on LinkedIn. So there you go. I mean, connect (laughs) with people. Uh, The book again, Chosen to Forgive, Marcus Weaver and Rick Roberts. And the website is Chosen to Forgive, correct? 
Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate you guys coming in. I'd love to have you in again to talk more about your nonprofit and the work you're doing. I think that's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, I've got a friend that uh, actually came on this show five years ago and told me the story of losing his wife. He couldn't talk about it for 12 years. Doreen Katz, and his name is Adam Katz. And I would love it if you would help one of the kids. What he does is uh, he found his first family through me. The mom was a teacher. She had brain cancer and three little kids, and they didn't know if she'd make it. And he helped the kids. So what he does is uh, we sponsor a kid, and then that kid gets to be a child and enjoy basketball or an art class or a singing class that the parents can't afford and can't deal with, and maybe they even need somebody to take them to it because mom's in treatment or dad's in treatment. Right now, specifically, a 7-year-old and an 8-year-old, a boy and a girl, they each lost their parents to cancer last year. You can call Adam if you'd like to sponsor one. The girl goes to... uh, equine therapy the boy doesn't like to talk about his feelings so he's in art and dance it'd be about a hundred dollars to sponsor him or whatever you want to do adam will tell you where every penny goes i've known him for years he supports the good news i support him 720-530-9482 that's his cell 720-530-9482 or you can go to uh DoreenKatzMemorial.org, DoreenKatzMemorial.org. And again, the book, Chosen to Forgive, Marcus Weaver and Rick E. Roberts. Go to the website, ChosenToForgive.com. And thank you to my friend Donna Hetzler for joining me today as well. We'll be right back. The good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hey, it's Angie. Uh, Let's talk now to Adam Katz with the Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation. And Adam, you help the kids whose parents are dealing with cancer because oftentimes the kids don't get to be kids when their parents are sick, correct? That's it, exactly. Peyton is 10, Rylan is 8, and they both would love to play a sport. They like basketball and baseball and soccer. For $100, you can sponsor one of these kids. How do we sponsor them for a sport this spring? Uh, Give me a call and tell me which one you want to do. The sports are baseball, basketball, and soccer. They love them all. They cost about $100 each. The mother in this situation is battling breast cancer, so it's just gotten a little too expensive for them at this point. And the children shouldn't miss out simply because the parents are struggling right now. I agree. Peyton is 10. Rylan is 8. They shouldn't miss out on sports. Their mom dealing with breast cancer. They're already going through a hard time, and this would allow them to be kids. If you want to sponsor either of them, call Adam at 720-530-9482, 720-530-9482, or go to DoreenKatzMemorial.org. Your next shopping trip could change the lives of some very special people right here in Colorado. When you shop at ARC Thrift Stores, you'll not only save money, but you'll also give back to our community by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, just like these ARC ambassadors. A lot of people, they have misconceptions about people with disabilities. A lot of them think that we can't do things that other people can do, and that's just not true. We can do what other people can do. It may take us a little bit more time to do it, but we can. We're just like any other human being. We have feelings and we have emotions, and if given the chance, we can shop. And I think that ARC has done a very good job at showing that. I like it there, and it helps me out to learn about reading off the labels and stuff. I like helping out different people, a lot of different people I help out. Find the ARC store near you at arcthrift.org. It's nonprofit, and it's a great company to work for and a great place to shop. And remember, every Saturday, you get 50% off most items in the store. Natalie Corrado of Remax is the realtor that truly does it all. But don't take my word for it. Just listen to some of the reviews from her website, livingdenver.com. 
Valerie in Highlands Ranch said, Natalie's knowledge and expertise, as well as her professionalism and warm personality, more than exceeded our expectations. My mother stated that we need to clone her. And how about Jen in Parker? What else to say about Natalie Corrado except amazing? She made the home buying process stress-free and easy. And just listen to what Courtney and Kylan of Castle Rock said. We couldn't have asked for a smoother transaction. And definitely could not have done it without Natalie as our realtor. If you use Natalie, you're not going to regret it. She is the best. When you have Natalie on your side, you won't be wondering if you made the right choice. It doesn't matter if you are selling your house, buying a new house, or both. Find Natalie Corrado at Remax Realtors at livingdenver.com and she will get the job done. Welcome back to the good news. You know, we are big supporters of the rescue mission here. And I've interviewed so many men who've gone through the new life program. And I have to say that, um, you know, when you talk about the changing power of Christ, I think the new life program is one of the most extreme examples of the changing power of Christ. And um, some of the guys stay as long as two years. And it really does teach them from the ground up. They work there. They go to Bible study there. They have mentors. They have chaplains. And uh, so really they're cleaned up from the ground up. And some of the guys I've interviewed have come off the streets and, uh, you know, now have you know wonderful jobs. And it's just mind-blowing to see how much their lives change over the course of the program. And so we've got three guys here today. Pierce O'Farrell and Pierce, you're with the Rescue Mission and the Vehicle Donation Program and people may know your name because you've been on the show before because you're a survivor of the Aurora uh, theater shooting and I'll never forget you talking about a family nursing you back to health and you knew their daughter and then like love blossomed and you're married to her now. I am, yeah we've been married about two and a half years now and just super blessed, you know, the Lord is, is just so awesome and he's so after the shooting, I'll never forget that Governor Hip- Hickenlooper, which, by the way, people are talking about that he may run for president in a few years. I just read that wow. today. So Governor Hickenlooper um, came to see you. He did. In your hospital bed. And what did you say to him? It had to do with lightness, light and dark. You know, I just told him that really the power of Christ and the power of light will always overcome the darkness. And no matter how tough times can get, and no matter how dark this world can be, that we just have this unbelievable light, and, and that's in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, when we talk about all things working together for good for those who believe in him, how crazy that the Aurora Theater shooting led you to get married to your wife. It did, yeah. I Never mean, would have thought. nuttiness, <laughs> isn't it? It really is, you know. Wow. Gosh, it's been, uh, you know, four and a half years now since yeah, the shooting. and crazy? It's been um, that long? Yeah, time just flies. and. Wow. Um, I'll never forget you saying, like, when you were in the mountains and stuff, like, mm-hmm. when you see beauty, how then you might get struck by emotion of how blessed you are to be here and struck sure. by the the grandeur of what the Lord's created. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, you, of course, I always have bad days, too. Yeah. But uh, those good days, man, um, we're just blessed. We we get another day here to, to serve our Lord. And, and, you know, it's important to remember each and every day when our feet hit the ground that, you know what, we get another day with the Lord today. So let's... Uh, Let's just keep moving. So what a great testimony you have to share with the guys in the New Life program coming in who've also had a lot of trials, obviously. By the time they reach you, they've been pretty broken. Yeah. So this vehicle donation program, how long have you been with the mission doing this? I've been with the mission a little over five years now. And uh, the idea is we take donated vehicles in, and then we get them through our shop, fix them up. And then the men and women that graduate our programs, when they uh, when they reach graduation day, we get to hand the keys over, and, and they get a vehicle. So. Pretty exciting, yeah. huh? Yeah. I'll bet they're just beside themselves. Oh, it's car. awesome. It's awesome. It's always, uh, it's always a blessing for us to see them at the end of their journey. And, um, you know, we take pictures of them every time the, yeah. we get a new yeah. graduate. We got our board up at the shop. Oh, and, that's cool. Um, but, the, the you know, one of the real special parts is that 
guys that are in our program help out and and with the repairs and stuff right because like they so, work in the program they're they not do, just yeah. there like you know with their feet up watching you know <laughs> no. judge judy or yeah, whatever exactly. you know in the afternoon they're working they are all right so we've got russ and mike here now mike you went through the new life program and you work in the vehicle donation program and russ um, you work um, refurbishing the cars as well and on that board is that inspirational to you guys when you see the pictures of all the guys who've gotten vehicles from you you know working on them yeah it is incredible i think it's probably the the greatest part of our days is uh, that opportunity to to hand a set of keys to somebody and especially when it's a family and yeah see the well you say family it's the new life become they become family they live together in this you know in the facility at the at the crossing yeah Uh, and we reach out to so many other people besides just single guys we got uh, champa moms and and star families and uh it's just great, a great part of our job. God, God has really blessed us with uh, a lot of donations, and uh, and he's and he's blessed us real well with NLP guys like Mike here. Um, they come in and they work hard, and and they're dedicated to to their program. They become dedicated to Christ in in awesome ways, and uh, I couldn't. Uh, you can't pay for the experience that you can receive by. Uh, being there every day and and uh, mentoring these guys, they they've caused me to become a better version of who God created me to be. I believe that. Yeah. Because it's pretty awe-inspiring. It's pretty oh, yeah. uh, motivational to see the guys transform. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, it is, and and it helps me to to become better at at not only what I do as a in a profession, but who I am as a person. Because I really want them to. Uh, to become the greatest version of who God created them to be, whatever it might be for them. And so you want to be that as well as a role model to them. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mike, so let's talk about how you got involved. How did you end up in the New Life program and then becoming a mechanic and helping other guys and other people, families, get uh, vehicles through the program? So how did you end up there? Well, um, I basically drank myself into homelessness, and I joined the program to keep from staying homeless in the last ditch effort to try and sober up and get my life back in order. So and you were in Denver and homeless and you, how did you find out about the program? Um, I was in a hospital uh, recovering and I knew I had to do something and I found the program online. Really? By just searching on the internet. Really? You just, you know, rehab or like free rehab or what, what would you, how did you find it? Well, I found it, I started looking for like sober living okay, and stuff like that. And I came across the mission and it was an 18 month program and I knew I needed long-term help. Right. And so I made a few phone calls and spoke to a, a chaplain, Jay, and uh, a few days later I was down downtown, signed up. Now, when you walk through those doors, you know, you're coming, you've, you've been sick, you've been in the hospital, uh, you've been homeless, you've been drinking. Were, were you fearful when you walked through the doors? And were you a believer? Were you Christian when you walked through the doors? Well, I always like to say I believed in God. And, uh, yeah, I was stepping into the unknown. And scary. it was very scary. I believe that. You know, and that was a big commitment. Huge. Thinking, you know, 18 months, that's forever when you're a day-by-day drunk. Yeah. But actually, the the time flew by. Eighteen really? months came and gone very fast. So how? Let's talk about that transformation. So you walk in. You you said you like to say you believed in God. You know, you were just getting sober. And how many years have you been drinking? 
uh, probably 30 years at least. And how long had he been homeless? Uh, just a little less than a year. Then when you talk about that 18 months seemed like a really, you know, long time. I always think back to my brother whenever I say, you know, well, you know, it's 18 miles. Because I've talked to him about the program on numerous occasions. And he's like, well, I'm okay, you know, having a, a, I have like a beer a day. I'm okay with that. And then whenever I hear that, I'm like, I go, okay, he's not ready. Because that's the old, you know, I'm fine with just a beer, you know, and then it will leads to for him uh, to meth and other things. Uh, so... You walk through your face in 18 months, which at that point probably seems like a sentence, you know. So let's talk about the transformation that took place. When did you start changing? When did you feel like, wow, this is going to work? Like, I feel better. Like, I feel joy in my heart that maybe I haven't felt before. Well, after I had to spend the first minimum 30 days downtown at the Denver Rescue right, Mission, right. Lawrence Street. And then after I made it through that part, I was down there for 42 days. And then... Um, you, then you, you move up to the crossing, which is out on Smith road. Yeah, been down and there. so that was the first time I felt like I made a little accomplishment. Yeah. That you made it to that first step. Yeah. yeah. And that, isn't that part of it, Pierce, that they're trying to make them feel like they have to achieve, they, they have to earn their way in through that first month into the crossing. Definitely. And it's yeah, a process. They're committed. You know, and, if you're going to stick around for four weeks at, you know, the, the rescue mission, then they want to see you have a commitment because if you're gone in a week, they're like, well, we didn't have to waste our time with that guy because he wasn't committed. Sure. Sure. And really, you know, um, it takes two things. You need to be willing to stay sober and you need to be willing to work. And Yeah, it's not and, easy. And they can be long days and, and it's, you know, it can be grueling for a lot of the guys. But as they start to gather their strength and they've been sober for a, a certain amount of time, you know, you start to see these guys have confidence in themselves. And, um, you know, I think for Russ and I as employees, our big thing is how can we encourage these guys each and every day to continue down this path? And little things like at the warehouse where we work, where the shop's at, we've started um, a daily Bible study and just being able to to share the That's word nice. every morning you know first thing in the morning we all gather Great. together and um, Russ and, and Bobby and a couple of the other employees down there they lead a Bible study and um, so it's kind of starting the day with that focus you know what today guys um, we're here together each and every one of us is, is an important part of this body and how can we uplift each other each and every day and um, it's a blessing to see guys like Mike because the, the growth that I saw from him every day and the and, and being willing to stick through adversity and and just to to be there with a smile on his face i mean um you know one of the great blessings of this program is it's continued to grow we have more and more cars coming in each day um we had 77 donated in december 77 um, cars yeah. donated to the program that's a just lot just in of december yeah so you guys wow um, so these guys that are that are you know not only going through their program but they're a big part of of just the hands that, that we that need to, to work, you know, yeah. and um, so it's it's a big workload that they're asked to carry as they well. They might not and, be writing a check every month for the rehab program, but they're putting like their blood, sweat, and tears oh, yeah. into it through their work. Absolutely, and then yeah. I think one of the coolest things when when we gift that vehicle, I always have one of the guys put the license plates on Aww. for the individual, you know, and, and they love doing it. They, they race each other, you know, like, oh, I get the plates, guys, you know, and, <laughs> and they love to show the folks the features of the car and, you know, well, I fixed this and we did this, oh, you know, so and, cool. um, 
it's just awesome. It's awesome to see their faces light up because for them, they, they understand that, you know what, they're a blessing to us too, you know. Yeah, I mean, the guys in the program. Um, the guys in the program and, really are. And if you're just joining us, we're talking about the Rescue Missions New Life Program, but also the Vehicle Donation Program. As Pierce with the program just mentioned, 77 d vehicles in December. Uh, Russ works there uh, refurbishing the cars as well. And Mike went through the program and is a mechanic. Okay, so 30 days, you're in uh, the uh, Rescue Mission, and then you get moved to the New Life Program. You're like, wow, I might be able to do this. Like, you get a sense of accomplishment, Mike. You hadn't been drinking, then what? Well, you know, well, first of all, in that first 42 days, that was probably the first 42 days in a very long time that I'd ever been sober. Really? Besides being in jail. Right. That doesn't count. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you get over to the crossing, and then you just don't get, I heard about the shop and everything, but. And you already were a mechanic? Did you already have the I, skills? I was pretty handy with a car, but you know, also drinking was in, in the mix. So Right, you do both. Yeah, so I was I mean, I could do certain things, but I was no way sh a sharp mechanic with booze mixed in with it. Yeah, yeah. And so when I first went over to the crossing and in the program, I was in the kitchen. You know, you just don't get to say i want to be in the shop right right you, you have to earn it put right? over yeah, yeah you have to earn it you have to do your time washing dishes and everything and so then i went over and i just we evaluate the cars we work up a type of estimate on what it needs and then we forward it to guys like russ who run the shop and he d decides him and pierce decides if they want to spend what it takes to make that a good car again. Fix it up. Now, do all of them get donated or some of them are you able to sell and then make a profit exactly. and the money so, that is donated back to the mission? And that's exactly how it works. Oh, you know, wow. it's always our goal to fix as many as we as can. You can, yeah. Last year we gave away about 120 vehicles to individuals um, out of the um, 450 that were donated. Wow. So, you so know, it's a great money maker it for is, the mission you know, it is. to help because somehow you have to pay the bills there Definitely. to keep the lights on. Absolutely. I mean, we're a nonprofit, you know, we're yeah. a 100% um, you know moved by uh, donations so um, you know so some of the cars we do have to sell and that money goes right back in the program and then allows us to to fix as many as we possibly can, can. and we've, we've recently over the past year or so expanded the program to help out folks that have gone through similar programs in, in other ministries here in the Denver metro ah, area okay. so um, last year I think we gave away about 40 cars to folks that we were came from outside the mission and this year we're kind of making our goal to have that number closer to about 70 or 80 wow. and in addition to the hundred or so that we need for our graduates yeah. so yeah. we're really just our goal you know is to just to keep growing this program and help as many folks as we can with that gift of transportation yeah so. and if you're listening and you're thinking about donating your car of course the tax write-off is a really nice little perk it is you know in addition to do they get to know like I think it'd be cool I think somebody was it Steve Walkup somebody told me that one of their cars like they knew where it went to one of the guys yeah so ev we make cool. sure that everyone writes a thank you card oh, to our donors um, and we encourage them to share as much of their testimony as they feel comfortable right. and then that way um, every single car that gets gifted you know those donors get that thank you card and, well, and cool. I get those calls from donors all the time you know they say Pierce my gosh you know this was awesome I read about read about this guy yeah, and the one that Mike better. wrote was uh, very moving and, and I know that donor was uh, was super blessed by it just to know that and Mike why did you what, what why did you want to do that for the donor well yeah, I think people that donate would like to know that what they're doing is actually going going to a good cause. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just wanted the person who made it, you know, made it possible for me to have a car that 
the person that did receive it appreciated what they've right, done. Right, right. You know, because it's, it's not very cool to donate something and say, gee, I wonder if it ever made it to right, where it's intended right, to right, go. Right, 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 right. And I gave them a little bit of history about, you know, where I was at before I joined the program and how the program changed my life and gave me my self-respect back. And uh, it gave me a relationship with my parents and my my family and my kids that I did not have. How many kids do you have? I have three. And so you were able to get back in all of your kids' lives? Well, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's unbelievable. You know, and now they're struggling with certain things, and at least I'm in a position where I am not part of the problem. I'm, I can be more of a help, be part of the solution. Right. And help them. Yeah. Deal with some of the issues that they have to face. All right, so Russ, you talked a little bit about watching someone like Mike. Not only does he get his parents back, he gets his kids back. So the New Life program gives not just him sobriety, helps him with that. They, they get like dad back. So what is it like watching them? You kind of explained that. I mean, it sounds like this is unlike any job you've had before. It is. It is uh, an incredible thing to, to watch transpire. Um, you see him grow as a as a Christian and, and as a human being. Um, and then you see guys like Mike get their family back and, and other so guys cool. in the warehouse. Um, you know, they, some guys are years and years and years without family and then all right. of a sudden they got it back. And it's just amazing how if you really give your life to God and, and trust Christ, um, take the steps that you have to take, how he's going to give it all back to you. Yeah. And, That's uh, so true. Yeah. My dad drank, and we were estranged for 30 years, and he's back in my life. And, boy, is he great grandpa. I mean, he, my kids are so – he calls my, – my, my husband wasn't one over at first because he'd never met him. And when my dad called and wanted to reconcile, he said, why? He, he said he's never been there for you. He's never been there for the kids. He doesn't know any of their names. He never went to our – he doesn't know my name, my husband said. Like, why? I said, well, if I'm going to teach my kids the love of Christ and forgiveness, I have to lead by example. So the other day when my dad called, it's been like four or five years now. He calls every weekend like clockwork for all the grandkids. And uh, he said, wow, your mom – your dad was the real deal. Like he really followed through. Like he's really, and we've seen him every year. We do family vacations with him. He just wrote a poem about my grandkids the other day. He was a professor. He's very well educated, but you know, he just alcohol got the best of him. But boy, it's been one of the best things in my life to have him back in my life and to have the kids have their grandpa. It's really cool. Big fan of forgiveness. I'm really proud of you, Mike. Thank you. You're welcome. What's the website if people want to donate their cars? www.denverrescuemission.org. Click on the link for Donate Your Vehicle and give me a call. I'd love to chat with you. Pierce O'Farrell would love to talk to you. And you can help further this, you know, Christ healing endeavor of the New Life Program and the Denver Rescue Mission. Uh, so, it, yeah, if you're thinking about donating your car, do it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, it's Angie with the good news. Well, the good news is that if you're feeling loss, a loss of a loved one, loss of a job, just feeling down and like you're stuck in the past, Sandy Steffes is a friend of mine. Sandy Steffes Spirit Coaching, spirit-coaching.net, 720-353-9573. She has come up with a plan that helps you get unstuck, get out of the past, set goals, and move forward. If you'd like to work with Sandy, I highly recommend her. Again, Sandy Steffes, spiritcoaching.net, 720-353-9573.
All right. If you are looking for the most amazing place to go with your family where you will create so many memories, then go to my favorite place that hopefully will become your favorite place, YMCA the Rockies. Two locations, Snow Mountain Branch and also Estes Park. They've got a deal now as you head into spring. Now, dates vary, but the deal is phenomenal. Three nights in a lodge room for $168, and it includes two free breakfasts, and you get almost all of the activities for free. You get to swim. You get to roller skate. At one of the locations, there's a lot of sledding. They give you the tubes for free to borrow. You can also pay a little extra for rock climbing. They've got a lot of neat events. But the cabin deal is also really good. A three-bedroom cabin you can get for as low as $145 per night. So it's a four-night stay in a three-bedroom cabin for $582. Call 888-613-9622. 888-613-9622. Or you can head to the website, ymcarockies.org. Hey, it's Angie Austin. Do you want to lose weight, have more energy, sleep better, just feel better, live longer, not get sick? Yeah, me too. So a little over a year ago, my family started working with Dr. Joe, and he has helped us so much, especially with my mom. She's now walking again. Uh, She uses a cane, but she wears a pedometer as well, Dr. Joe. And every Saturday, you offer for all of us. We can come to your office, have a free workout, or just watch the workout and come and ask you questions and meet you. It costs them nothing, no obligation. I just want people to get to know you and your passion for health. Science says the key to sleeping better, the key to depression, the key to losing weight and balancing hormones is exercise. But not a lot of it, just 6 to 12 minutes a day. And so whether I'm working with Olympic athletes or professional athletes or mommies and daddies, people in their 50s, 60s, even 70s, on these workouts on Saturday at 8.30, man, we have a great time. And it literally is a 12-minute workout. It's all it is. And it's easy stuff to do. You work at your own pace and you get amazing results. Yeah, so come to North Glen. Saturdays, it's free. How do they reach you, Dr. Joe? Call my cell phone, 303-349-6011. Again, 303-349-6011. Hello there, it's Angie Austin. One of my mentors on the line, Jim Stovall, he's written over 30 books, so seven movies under his belt, his own uh, movie studio, and we've got his column now, Wisdom for Winners, that we're talking about, and he says two of the most misunderstood words and concepts in our society are grace and mercy. So let's talk about grace and mercy, Jim, and why those words should be so important to us. Good morning. A happy Monday to you. All right, Jim, give us the lowdown. Well, grace and mercy, a lot of people confuse these two concepts, and they use them interchangeably, and they're both such important concepts. I wanted to uh, draw a distinction in this week's column. Grace is when we receive something we're not entitled to, Mm. and mercy is when we don't receive a punishment we are entitled to or we do deserve. And as we go through our day and uh, live and move and have our being and interact with other people, we need to give and receive both grace and mercy. And a lot of times we have a tendency to judge our own intentions, but judge everyone else's actions. Angie, if you and I were going to meet today at two o'clock and I'm there at two and you're not, I will say, what's the matter with Angie? Why can't she be here on time? You know, I got here on time. Why can't she be here on time? And that's the way we have a tendency to do something. However, if you're there on time and I'm late, I look at my intentions. Well, I meant to be here on time. I left early. Who can... uh, 
who can anticipate this kind of traffic and who knew the elevator would be out and all of these other things. And so we tend to give ourselves a break and hold everyone else to this standard that we can't live up to. And what we need to do is hold ourselves to a high standard and give everyone else a little bit of mercy. And, uh, you know, you'll find your day going a lot smoother. And, uh, you know, some of the greatest wisdom is, uh, you know, we will be judged in the same way we judge others or judge not lest we be judged. And I don't know about you and all the people listening to us now, but I need all the mercy I can get. And I think that sometimes maybe our own narcissism, like thinking our own sense of self-importance is what makes us feel offended when we feel someone else isn't, quote unquote, respecting us. But I love when you talk about Will Rogers and in his quote, because I remember this one, too. You want to talk about that? Well, Will, uh, probably the most famous person ever from my state here in Oklahoma, he was a Cherokee Indian. And he said, uh, never judge anyone unless you walked a mile in his moccasins. And when you really look at that and you you think, why are they that way? What's caused this? What's behind that that's going on there? And once you look at it from that perspective, then you can understand how Will Rogers, who lived through World War and Depression and saw the best and the worst that our planet has to offer, you can understand his other famous statement, which was, I never met a man I didn't like. And you think, how can he say that? Well, when you look at the perspective and when you understand who they are and where they've come from, you can start to love everyone. Now, you may not like some of the things they do, but you can love the underlying person. Well, and I love the fact, you know, you talk about in the article about how Will Rogers and, you know, back in his day, was able to travel the world, uh, you know, when aviation was in its infancy. And so he met people of different cultures and saw so many different things in terms of what people had or didn't have around the world. And he might have found things objectionable, um, but he still was not one to judge others. He tried to see things from their perspective. Yeah, we as Americans have a tendency to be pretty biased and Only when you've traveled a lot and you understand how people are, can you start to have both grace and mercy. You know, a lot of times Americans, even if we travel abroad, we we go from the airport to a resort hotel or whatever the case may be, and we really don't experience how other people live in the world. And uh, and the same thing's true here in America. I mean, there are people uh, within a few miles of where we all live that uh, we have no idea who these people are and how they live. And we need to make sure we understand who they are and what is possibly behind this action before we, we really judge their behavior. Well, I'm now seeing the whole takeaway in the point of this column. So many people disagreeing politically, and you were saying uh, strive to disagree uh, without being disagreeable. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you need to understand. I mean, we just had the inauguration and followed by this uh, massive march around the world, and there's a lot of people on both sides of that. And what you need to be asking asking is not what are they doing? What has prompted this? What has caused this? Why is there this much anger? What is going on behind that? What do these people want or expect? And in some cases, they don't know what they want or expect. It's, it's amazing to me. And uh, we have to look at what has gotten us to this place. And that only comes into play when we take some responsibility and what can I do to change this? Mm-hmm. What can I do to change this? All right, Jim, your website? Jim Stovall, S-T-O-V-A-L-L, jimstovall.com. Thank you, Jim. You're still the best. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com.